The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of Your Safe Space is sponsored by Positive Choices. Positive Choices is a website that Aussie schools and communities can use to get accurate, up-to-date evidence-based alcohol and other drug education resources and information. Visit Positive Choices at positivechoices.org.au. Happy Friday, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Your Safe Space. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. Today, we are doing an Ask Me Anything on air, and I'm so excited to be bringing you this episode. Now, if you are new here every Friday, I do pick some questions that you guys have sent through to me, and I answer them. I give you my hot take. Obviously, this show is not a replacement for professional mental health help and support, and if you do need that, please check the show notes. And so a tiny bit of housekeeping At the moment, you can't submit questions to the AMA episodes because I'm currently traveling around Europe, but I will be back into season two where you can start submitting them again. Anyway, let's dive into this show because we have a jam-packed one. There's four questions to get through and I'm ready to get into it. Question number one, I'm hearing a lot more about vaping and e-cigarettes on social media and in the news. What are your thoughts on vaping and are they really bad for you? And so I purposely picked this question for today's show because I thought it would be a really good alignment as we have Positive Choices sponsoring this episode. Now, I think what I need to do for some people listening who might be across vaping, some people might not be across it, I think we should start with a definition so that we're all on the same page. E-cigarettes are battery-operated devices that hold and heat e-liquids that emit vapors that users inhale. Using an e-cigarette is called vaping, and e-cigarettes can look like traditional Traditional cigarettes, cigars, or everyday items such as USBs or pens. The e-liquid can contain nicotine, which is the same drug present in regular cigarettes and other tobacco products. And this does mean that vaping can actually become quite addictive. Now, I don't vape. I think you guys would be able to tell that from my content. I vlog everything. So if I did, I'm sure you would have seen that already. But I definitely think that I've noticed it amongst my own friends and that I've noticed it amongst social media and I guess the rise of it. For me, I personally choose not to do it because I feel like it's not good for health and there are things about the inhaling that I don't like. There are things that it would do to my lungs that I don't want it to do and I really just don't want to have any issues breathing and inhaling something that seems quite dangerous to me. And as I said, I have friends that vape and I'm not going to like shame anybody if they do vape. Even if you're listening to this, I'm not, I'm not shaming you. I guess what I wanted to do with this question is put it in so I could give you the facts and educate you. And then you can take that information and make an informed decision for yourself. I definitely think amongst my friends, vaping is more common than smoking regular cigarettes. And so hopefully some of my friends can listen to this episode too. As I said, we're going to be sticking to the facts with this question. And so I want to unpack the second part of your question with that because you asked what my thoughts are, which I've given you that. And then are they really bad for you? Now, I am going to give you some of the short-term side effects and then I'm going to give you some of the long-term side effects and possible risks. We'll start with the immediate and short-term first. 
The first thing that could happen if you are somebody who engages in vaping is having mouth and airway irritation from the vaping. You could also experience nausea from the vaping. You could have a persistent cough start to form. You could also experience vomiting and chest pain as well. And then over the long term, the possible side effects that you may experience are having dependence on the vaping. As I said earlier, the nicotine that is present in e-cigarettes is actually the same nicotine that's present in traditional cigarettes. And that could cause long-term dependence. You could also go on to have respiratory or breathing problems. It can also harm your developing brain. So I've spoken about this a few times on the podcast, but as young adults, our brain is still developing. And when you are inhaling chemicals and things that are in e-cigarettes, it can actually cause harm to your brain. You can also have permanent lung damage due to e-cigarettes or vaping. And then the last long-term side effect is a pretty severe one, but it is death due to lung damage which is pretty full on, but definitely is a possibility. Now, there are a couple of other points that I think are really important for me to touch on. And the first one is that vapes that present as flavor only, and I know some of you might be familiar with them, they often do still contain nicotine. And it's the same highly addictive drug that is in traditional cigarettes. Not only that, vaping and e-cigarettes can also contain up to 230 other chemicals. And some of these chemicals are quite toxic and also known to cause cancer. And I'm talking about things like glycerol, ethylene glycol, formaldehyde, propylene glycol. These are very dangerous chemicals that you could be inhaling when you are choosing to vape. There's also evidence that shows if you are somebody who vapes while you're young, it can then act as a gateway where down the track, as you enter into adulthood and grow up, you are then more likely to actually start smoking traditional cigarettes. And the reason for that is because vaping actually familiarizes you to traditional smoking behaviors. And the way that that happens is through inhalation, which I spoke about at the start, exhalation, and also the physical action of holding a cigarette as well. So Even if you are somebody who uses a vape without nicotine, your behavior and the pattern that you pick up by choosing to do that, it can mean that you're then more likely to transition to smoking cigarettes. I know I have put a lot of information into this question, but I really wanted to present you with all of the facts. And so to wrap this question, I just want to really remind you that it is so important to make informed decisions. It is so important to assess the information, assess the risks. And I know I've probably given you a little bit of information overload, but if you are interested in more information, please check out positivechoices.org.au and click on the e-cigarettes and vaping homepage link, and you'll be able to access so much more information on their website. All right, on to question number two. Everyone around me is currently in Europe. How do I deal with this Europe summer FOMO? And I put this question in because I thought, how funny, it's going to drop while I'm overseas and you guys may be experiencing FOMO from my content. I hope that you're not. I hope that you're enjoying it. But if you have to mute me or not watch my content, I totally understand. I'm not going to get upset by that. And I think it's totally valid because I know for a lot of us, especially if we're in Australia, most of the listeners from this podcast are in Australia, 
we're in winter at the moment and even though winter is slowly coming to an end, it can be quite full on seeing everyone in our newsfeed overseas, enjoying European summer, enjoying the hot weather. And there were a couple of times where I had more of my friends, even before I left to go overseas, more of my friends overseas than what I had here in Melbourne. And so what you're experiencing is very normal. It's very common. And it is FOMO, which I have spoken about briefly before. But for those of you wondering, FOMO is fear of missing out. So essentially, you are feeling sad or anxious or upset that you're possibly missing something that is happening somewhere else that you're not at. And so I do have some tips and hopefully they give you some help. But the first tip is to accept your FOMO. And I know that this can be a little bit hard, but try not to judge yourself for feeling it and try not to shame yourself for feeling it either. And just know that once you start to accept it, you'll then be able to move through it. My tip number two is to limit social media. Now, I did already mention muting me (laughs) if you had to mute me. But if you do need to take a break, whether that is reducing the time that you spend scrolling or maybe muting some people's stories, you are allowed to do that. And I think it just goes to having boundaries and knowing your triggers and also remembering that when people share things on social media, they're only sharing highlights, especially if they're on holiday. I know that I'll probably be sharing the best parts of my holiday too while I'm over there. But it's really important that you remember that Firstly, social media is a highlight reel. And secondly, you can protect your peace by creating some boundaries. I also want to mention another vlogger on TikTok. Her name is Darcy. Some of you guys may follow her, but she just came back from her European holiday. And I really loved her content while she was over there because she did not glamorize it in the slightest. She had very raw, very real vlogs was talking about the heat, how crowded it was, how hard it was going up the stairs in the Amalfi Coast and just really shone a light on like a true experience of it, which I think a lot of people appreciated. And so if you want to go check out her content, it is quite refreshing and I would recommend that. And then my tip number three is to plan some things for you to look forward to right here, right now, and give yourself something to anticipate, give yourself something to look forward to. Obviously, a European holiday is very expensive. And so you're kind of winning by saving money, by not going over there. But how can you then achieve some excitement here and now? And I know that for me anyway, it's been quite nice having, at the time of recording this, obviously I'm still in Australia, but it's been so nice having that anticipation of the holiday. And I realized probably when I come back and moving forward, I need to have more things that I look forward to week by week or month by month. And There are also lots of fun things that you can do in your city. I'm not sure where you live, but whether it's like Melbourne, Sydney, whatever state you're in, look up online. There's classes that you can do or fun activities that you can join in that can add some spark and excitement back into your life. And then tip number four is, can you bring Europe to you? And this kind of ties into the last tip. But what I mean by this is, can you have a night where you maybe invite some friends over and maybe you're having a pizza night, making pizzas together. I've seen that on TikTok. Or maybe you're going to a restaurant, a French restaurant or a Spanish restaurant. I'm just trying to think of all the places in Europe, but how can you immerse yourself in that European vibe while you're here right now? 
And then my last tip is planning your own future Europe trip. Because if you have seen everyone over there and it has sparked something in you and you want to go over and you want to have your own Europe experience, that is okay. And that is something that you can work towards down the track. And so maybe that means planning out visiting Europe next year in 2024 or maybe in 2025. I have been twice. This will be my second time going. And even the first time that I went, I knew I wanted to go a few years before I actually went. And so it's really nice even being able to plan it out and knowing that down the track, you will eventually get there. Obviously, please stay connected to your friends during this time. Lean on your family. Hang out with people in your circle. I always say this, we do need people. We do need connection. And they can hopefully help alleviate some of that FOMO that you're feeling. And just know that summer, Euro summer is nearly over. So you're hopefully not going to have to see too much more content about it for the rest of our winter. All right. And very quickly, I will also remind you, come and join the Facebook group because I'm more than happy for you to start a thread about Europe FOMO or maybe you want to connect with some like-minded people close to you and maybe you can organize a little Euro themed night out with each other. Okay we've now got a message from our sponsor. I'll read that out and then we'll be back for question number three. Here is a word from today's sponsor. Across Australia there has been a growing concern about the rise of e-cigarettes and vaping among young adults. It is a concern shared by schools, parents, and the community, and because of this, Positive Choices is focused on reducing and preventing e-cigarette and vaping-related harms to young people. Positive Choices is a great resource and place to start for anyone wanting more information on e-cigarettes and vaping. They have developed fact sheets, provide webinars, classroom programs, and other resources. I have checked all of these resources out myself and they are easy to understand and provide you with all the knowledge you need to make informed decisions around vapes. If you visit positivechoices.org.au and click on the e-cigarettes and vaping link on the homepage, you'll be able to access this information. Thank you so much to Positive Choices for sponsoring this episode of Your Safe Space. All right, question number three. I started my dream job four months ago, but I can already tell it's not for me. What would you do in this situation? And I just want to give this listener a big hug because I feel like the realization of getting a job that you wanted so badly and then realizing that it's not what you thought and not what you expected and not what you maybe want now can be really harsh and really jarring. And so I hope that you're okay. And I want you to know that it's so normal to experience this and sometimes it does happen. And I'm sure many listeners listening right now could relate to that too. I do want to say well done though, because you did apply and you did put yourself out there and you did secure the job in the first place, which I think is a huge achievement in itself. And I want to give you some tips that I feel will probably help you and just help you navigate the next few months and your next steps. The first bit of advice is probably always similar when I give advice, but it is just to self-reflect. And what I mean by that is sitting with what about the job is making you feel like it's not for you because you didn't give me much context. And I think the best way for you to figure this out is to just make some space for it. So can you set aside some time where you can journal and maybe you can talk to a friend or a family member or even a partner and vocalize what it is that is making you feel like this job is not for you, okay? And it's important that you actually write it down and verbalize it and almost make a list of all the reasons that it's not for you just so you can see it on paper 
and get it out of your head, but also because that will help you get clarity to then make the next best decision for yourself. Secondly, depending on what comes up after the reflection will mean you'll then be able to take that next step with more clarity. So is the role completely not for you? Is it something small that's bothering you that's not for you? Are there other things that can maybe be fixed? Or is it really not for you and your values aren't aligned and you're not happy in the slightest? And I think either way, it's okay. I'm not going to say that you can't leave after four months. I don't believe that. I would rather you be in a job that you enjoy and a job that makes you happy because life is too short. But what I want to say is on that, it's okay to persevere and sit it out if you think you can, but it's also okay to walk away and don't be afraid to do that. And then my last tip is to make your decision based on both of those points. So if you do choose to stay, again, I don't know what the reasons are for it not being right for you, but Do you need help in certain areas? Can your manager or whoever you're reporting to assist you? Maybe it looks like upskilling and maybe you can even look at getting a mentor. I've spoken about that in the past, but I think always having a mentor or someone in your corner, regardless of what you do for work, is so important because they can provide that guidance, especially through a time like this. Or if you want to quit, as I just said, come up with an exit strategy and have a plan for how you're going to do that. Obviously, I also understand that quitting immediately might not be a financial decision that you can make, which is so fine. I'm not sitting here saying, go and quit your job tomorrow. No, I want you to make an informed decision when it suits you at the best time. But maybe it then looks like finding a way to stick it out for the time being, but still applying for other jobs that you want and still applying at the same time until you are then able to resign. I will say, go back and listen to, it was a career episode I did. I can't remember what number it was, but I gave you an activity about how to know like when it's time to quit your job. And I also gave you an activity about how to kind of find a job that's like suited to your values and suited to your own skills and abilities and experience and what you actually enjoy. And so go back and listen to that because I think you'll be able to get some help from it. And I just want to tell you that it's so normal for career paths to change. It is so okay. People change jobs all the time. And I did mention it, but we spend 40 hours plus at work every week and you want it to be a job that you enjoy. And I'm not sitting here saying your job has to be the only thing and the best thing in the world because I think you can get value and enjoyment from other aspects of your life. But I do think if you know it's not for you and it's making you unhappy, listen to that. Okay, it is fine and so okay. And I would always recommend you prioritizing your well being and your happiness over your career growth. And when you're in the right career or when you're in the right path or when you're in the right job, that then impacts the rest of your life in a really positive way too. So don't be scared to take that leap. Good luck. And we're sending you so much love. All right, our last question Can you please give me advice for getting over yet another failed situationship? And I feel like I could talk about this forever. I feel like we need another episode on situationships, guys, but I get it. Situationships, dating can be very challenging. I do think we live in an interesting time when it comes to things like that. And I'm sorry that you have experienced this. I know how much it can hurt. And I think it's really difficult with situationships because they're not 
seen on paper or by the people around us as something serious because it wasn't a relationship, but it can still hurt just as much. And it's a really uncomfortable and icky place to sit, especially when they don't go the way that we want them to go. And so what you're feeling is very valid and the pain you're feeling is legitimate and real. And I always get questions about this. It's like, how do I get over someone I didn't date? How do I get over someone who I wasn't even in a relationship with? And in my mind, I literally treat it the same as I would treat a breakup because I truly believe it doesn't really matter how long it was. It doesn't really matter if there was a title attached to it. Your feelings can still get involved. Your feelings can still definitely get hurt. And I think firstly, just accepting that you are hurt is a good way to start. And so my advice is deal with this the same way that you would deal with a breakup. And I've also done breakup episodes if you want to go back and listen to that. But allow your feelings to come up. Allow yourself to feel the grief. Allow yourself to feel the anger. Allow yourself to feel the disappointment. Cry about it if you need to cry. Don't suppress any of those emotions. I'll also recommend taking a proactive approach. Some of you may have watched my breakup diaries or healing series on TikTok, but talk about it with people, journal, do activities that help you process it, really lean into it so that you can move through it quickly. And I will also add, I know the temptation to kind of get yourself into rebound situations or another situationship to take that pain away can feel good in the short term. It's not always the best thing to do because that can also not go to plan. And that can then mean that down the track when that ends, you're dealing with the pain of like two situationships or just dealing with the pain at a delayed rate. So I am an advocate for dealing with it head on and for dealing with it very proactively. I'm also a very big fan of the no contact and not speaking to them if you can and really drawing that boundary so that you can heal and move forward. And then the good thing is once that pain has processed or that pain has kind of come up and come out and is done, then you can start to look at the reflection piece of it. You can start to look at what you can learn from it and what you can take from it. And I like to look at it, whether it's a situationship, whether it's an actual breakup, I see it if it's not worked out or we've been hurt or it hasn't gone to plan. I see it as this is just getting me closer to where I want to be. Yes, it didn't work out, but now I know this is not my person. And moving forward, I am now one step closer to getting to where I want to be. And I'm going to give you some journal prompts because I think you should do these. And I did give these out in the Facebook group ages ago, but write these down because I think it will help you. So the first one is, when did I feel the most appreciated in my last dating experience? And what was it specifically that made me feel like that? The next one, when did I feel the least appreciated in my last dating experience? And what was it specifically that made me feel like that? The next one, where did I grow the most through this experience? What small part or things did I overlook, which I should have taken more note of? And 10 things I'm proud of myself for doing during this that surprised myself. And so I would love for you to just sit there and write those down. I actually did those exact journal prompts when I went to Bali. You guys might remember that. I was dating somebody and it wasn't a situation shift. Like I was actually like... <laughs> exclusively dating this person, but I got really hurt through that. And then I sat there and I did these journal prompts and I felt so much better after it because I realized that I was so upset 
and over someone that really wasn't right for me. And so I was able to, once I got out of my head and put it on paper, really just reflect and move forward and release any of that pain that I was having. But I want to say good luck. I know that it's uncomfortable, but it will pass. Take some time out, focus on you, work through it like you would a usual breakup and come and join the Facebook group. I'm happy for you to put up a post about moving on from a situationship. If anyone wants to also provide this listener some help, you are more than welcome to do that too. But guys, I am going to wrap the show there. If you haven't, please leave us a review on Apple or a rating on Spotify. Join us on Instagram, Your Safe Space Pod. Join our Facebook group, Your Safe Space Podcast Community and follow me at Adele Marie. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you also to Positive Choices for sponsoring this episode of Your Safe Space. Find more information at positivechoices.org.au. Bye, guys. Bye.